Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen, human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you. Wilson going to the air. Chased out by Daquan Jones. Wilson looking in zone, wide open, touchdown! First NFL touchdown for Zach Wilson! And it goes to Corey Davis. Crowder trying to get him out of space, slopes a tackle, and there he goes! Crowder! It's a foot race, and Crowder is in there! A 69-yard touchdown. He'll hit immediately. He got the handoff. You know that's the q Oh, my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the playlikeajet.com digital studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And it's time for midweek news and notes. And so for that, we bring in our friend, the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at jetsinsider.com. And above all that, a very big deal, Mr. Chris Nimbley. Chris, we are starting with some unfortunate news, multiple injuries. We'll begin with the biggest one, and that is Marcus May. He's going to miss a couple of weeks now with an ankle injury. We'll get into another aspect of this story in a second, but first, let's break this down. I had no idea that he was hurt like that. Him being gone from this defense is going to be a problem. I know the defense is overachieved so far, but you can't understate the value of his veteran leadership and how well he's played at safety so far. He and C.J. Mosley, the two leaders of the defense, Quinn and Williams stepping up as well, but those guys are the real seasoned veterans here. His presence was very important. Him being gone for a few weeks is not great. Now, granted, the offense is the biggest issue right now, but still, this is a big negative. Oh, it, it's a huge negative. Uh, the I tweeted out at some point during the game, uh, you know, the one, like, silver lining was you could at least see the the vision of what Robert Sala and Ubrick want this defense to be, especially taking into consideration all of them injuries of Carl Lawson and all the, the injuries that they are already dealing with uh, linebacker, all that um, to how well this D has been playing with all that and considered, you can see exactly what the vision is. Give them another year or two to stack that, pick their own pieces, get a little healthier. And you can see the defense is heading in the right direction. But losing Marcus May is going to like really stunt that growth, like really stunt that growth. Um, that's, that's not great. Now, uh, Ashton Davis, Sherrod Neesman are coming off of, uh, 
IR. Now they might not be activated yet, but the, uh, you know, I hope it's coming up soon. But they were already, you know, they had Sheldrick Redwine <laughs> and, <laughs> and playing and cut him and moved on, and then Colbert playing like just picking guys out uh, off the uh, waiver wires and they're plugging them in the start. They were already doing that. And now they got Marcus May out. So yeah, they're going to need, they're going to need Quinn to hurry up, uh, hurry up his, his progress a lot. Uh, you know, it was a little slow start, which is understandable coming from uh, the off season surgery. He's starting to pick it up. They're going to need that accelerated a lot. They're going to need that rookie uh, progress to get accelerated from a bunch of other people. Um, they're going to need some help because losing Marcus May in the back end of the defense, that's that's not good. Uh, three or four weeks, but that's that's going to be a, a struggle for those three to four weeks. Here's what's also not good. Marcus May's agent going on Twitter and tweeting this. He should be back fully healthy just before the trade deadline. I got to ask, Chris, you've been covering football for over a decade. Between this and then we know what happened with Connor McGovern. And if you don't know, somebody, I guess, tweeted out a screen grab of McGovern during a play that made it appear that McGovern was out of position. So McGovern jumped into the guy's DMs, trashed him, said this is why people don't talk to fans because they don't know anything about ball and you just open your mouth. And he said he did what he was supposed to do, implying that the guard, Elijah Vera Tucker, was not doing what he was supposed to do. And then Nick Mangold, who was tagged later on by a fan, jumped in and correctly said, Seems like you're throwing your guard under the bus there, buddy, which he was. And that, to me, was the stupidest part of all of this because, as you and I were talking about before we started recording, if you DM somebody and you're a football player, that random person is not obligated by some code of silence and he's not on deep background as a source for a journalist. That DM is going to get posted and it's going to make you look like an idiot. There was no upside to this, and now Elijah Vera Tucker has got to be sitting there thinking, this guy is blaming me for this, throwing me under the bus, and there's going to be some dissension there, whether spoken or unspoken. And then, of course, May's agent doing this. I don't know who he thinks he's helping with this. Even if he's joking, there's no upside to doing this. Whatever happened to the strong silent type, the Gary Coopers, as Tony Soprano once said, who went out, did their job, and did it well. Now, we've got agents going out in the open like this. We've got players DMing random people. At some point, somebody has got to put these guys in a room and say, we're 0-3, we're terrible. Delete the Twitter app. Stop engaging with random people on Twitter. Enough already. I don't understand what goes through these people's heads. There's no upside to this. Well, I got news for you, and I hate to be the one to break it to you. But that strong, silent type never existed. I cannot allow this Tony Soprano slander. I won't allow it on my show. So if hey. you want to slander Tony Soprano, you could take that elsewhere. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Tony. Uh, I just recently watched the show, and it's a great show. Uh, but that that was a myth. That was, that was propaganda. <laughs> it, it never happened. The people were just as whiny back then. I was obviously just looking for an excuse to quote Tony Soprano, yeah. but my point still stands. I don't know what no, these people you're, are you're doing. Right. It makes no sense. And especially the agent here. Like, yeah. I can at least get the defensiveness of Connor McGovern here. Like, that's, that's a complete human natural reaction. You should know better and just 
this is why don't go on Twitter. Uh, and like he said it right there. This is why we don't talk to fans. Well, how about you don't talk to the fans? Right. Right. How, how about oh, that? That that's why. <laughs> so continue just not doing it. Um, so he said it himself. But the agent, he's just sitting there, like bored at his office right there, and it's just like sending out a a, a cheap little joke to uh, like I don't know what the thinking is there. That doesn't help anybody. It doesn't like do any like anything productive. Like that's. I don't know. I don't know what you think you're gaining from doing that. It's just a bad look. Um, but he likes to just kind of just tweet impulsively like this. It's not out of out of character for him. Um, but yeah, it's it's ridiculous. And we've talked about this over the years with players. And it's one thing again. I I totally understand it. But if it's 2021, man. Have, have you spent anybody that spent any time on Twitter? There's no excuse for you not to know that whatever you're DMing is about to become public info. Mm-hmm. Like, that's it, that's what are you doing? You think the fan isn't going to, no matter what, the fan is probably going to, even if it like you have friendly, good reaction, there's a chance the fan's just going to be like, hey, look what just happened. Like no matter what, that's what's that's how it goes. So that's uh, you stay off uh, Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I just also don't take little uh, any uh, anything that's co- maybe correct in context, but sounds bad to uh, your quarterback. Don't say that in a press conference either. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I, I'm not sure which one's worse. Mm-hmm. To be honest, uh, they're, they're both unnecessary and bad. And just like, what are you thinking? Uh, there's, there's a little, there seems to be a lot of that going on right now. It's just what could you possibly be thinking? Robert Sell is going to have to get that under control. By the way, you were referencing Greg Van Roten talking in the press conference and more or less throwing Zach Wilson under the bus. Also a very bad look. More unfortunate injury news, by the way. Elijah Moore in concussion protocol. He's not going to play on Sunday. And Jeff Smith, also in concussion protocol now, he got into a car accident on his way to the facility. So Jeff Smith out, Elijah Moore out, Jamison Crowder apparently trending towards playing, although we had heard that before, so we'll wait and see. Chris, with Moore out, with Smith out, and with Crowder still up in the air, if Denzel Mims doesn't play this week, they should just go ahead and trade him because he's never going to play. I, I will see that point you made, and I will raise you. Even if they were healthy, I was going to say the same thing. Mm-hmm. After seeing all the drops last week, after seeing that, if you've been on Twitter at all the last couple of days, you see that uh, clip going around, uh, screenshot, a little clip going where three receivers run a little sh- uh, short inside route. I promise you that's not how it was drawn up. There, there's no way that was the play call just like that. Somebody ran the wrong route. Between all the drops, between receivers not running the routes correctly, if if that those are the guys that are stopping Denzel Mims for getting on because Denzel Mims doesn't know the playbook well enough and they're doing that, at least give me the guy that with the physical tools and incre- incredibly talented, to, I'd rather have him making the mistake at least. So – even before the injuries, I'm sitting there thinking, 
yeah, it's, it's time. I don't care what your excuse is. And uh, also, I don't ever want to hear about uh, a great week of practice again. We, we need <laughs> coaches. I need all coaches around the league to retire this uh, bad practice, great practice. Don't tell us about practice um, because it's, it's really ridiculous to keep saying every week, what a great practice you have. And then you turn this and Denzel Mims isn't still can't crack the lineup, even though he sat every week's the best week of practice yet. <laughs> um, it, it, just stop, just stop saying, um, but yeah. So even without those injuries, I'm like, okay, you got other people making mistakes here too. bring them up. Let's see what's happening. Because at this point you, you have to either play him or trade him. There's, there's, I don't know what you think you're doing. How long are you going to let this play out? Because it's just going to decrease his, any type of trade value you have, you might be able to get for him. Um, I mean, you could definitely get some good right now, but if you traded him like in the off season before any of this happened, you might've been able to get a second round pick back. If, if you trade him right now, teams might be looking like, Maybe give a fourth or a fifth. We don't really know what's going on here. Maybe a fourth or a fifth. So the lo- and the longer you let this play out, it's gonna be it, harder to get any more. Like you either got to play them or trade them at this point. So this week, you, let's see what happens because it, it's time. There's there's no reason for him not to be on the field. I don't care what type of point you're trying to make. I don't care how far behind in the deep in the playbook he is. There's 10 routes that he can run. You can. There's 10 plays where he can run one of the routes. You don't have to make a new package just specifically for him. Just pick 10 plays where he can run those routes and give him that package. Go. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Some positive injury news, at least. Ashton Davis and Sherrod Neesman, both safeties, back from IR. They returned to practice I don't know if Ashton Davis is going to play on Sunday, but certainly now they could definitely use him with Marcus Mayhurt. They could use Neesman too. They could use pretty much anybody at safety. Some other roster news. The Jets have protected Kenny Yaboa, Josh Johnson, and Isaiah Williams on the practice squad. Yaboa has a chance of getting called up to replace Tyler Croft. If Croft can't go, he's got a chest injury. And Saquon Hampton is gone. They waved him off the pup list. So the big news here is the return of Ashton Davis. And if he can play Sunday, you have to assume that he'll start because the Jets are desperate at safety right now. Yeah, they, I mean, they got they have three weeks to uh, to activate Ashton Davis and these men from uh, you know, so they could they could be ready tomorrow to to play. They could be ready this week, or they could be ready to get activated three weeks from now. Um, but you're right; they need they need the help. They they need bodies at this point. Um, so you obviously you don't want them rushing back, but. 
they need somebody back there at the same time. So it's going to be a delicate balance that they're going to have to try to pull out. And I'm sure your fans could be sitting there rooting, <laughs> hoping that they're going to be ready this week. Here's some quotes from throughout the week. Robert Sala on Mike LaFleur, who has been under fire big time. And by the way, if you want a good illustration of why, check out Luke Grant's video that's up on our YouTube channel right now, breaking down the highs and lows of Mike LaFleur. Just so you know, it's not just a hit video. He goes through some of the good and contrasts it with the bad and then explains why he thinks that LaFleur has a lot of work to do. Here's what Salah had to say. I think he's done a good job. When things work, you're a genius. When they don't, you're an idiot. That's the NFL. He said there are things that need to be fixed by LaFleur, but that once it all clicks, people will start to appreciate the things that he's doing. So he's giving him support, but not really saying anything specific because when you read between the lines, all he's just saying is, Mike knows what he's doing, trust me. Yeah, and it's pretty much what he's saying. It boils down to it. Um, but here's the thing. He is right uh, in this way. Just walk with me here. But if we just go through the drops, you just go through how the games play out. It plays out completely differently if the receivers can just drop the, or catch the ball. And also, I can mainly just focus on Corey Davis uh, catching the ball. We can go back to the Patriots game, that interception. That could have changed the whole outcome of the whole game. Uh, the start of this game, that uh, first drop, like that could have changed the complete outcome of the game. They prob- they're not winning that Denver game probably no matter what, but at least remain competitive, interesting, and not and look competent. Uh, you have the Ty Johnson drop, the Michael Carter drop. You have all these drops. If you just go back, if you – and I'm not going to expect you to or ask you to because – no one should abuse themselves like this. But if you were to sit down and watch that game over, you could see multiple points where, okay, all this would have worked on a drive if just the receiver could have caught the ball. Now, having said that, LaFour has been far from perfect. Um, it's also the third game of his his career as an offensive coordinator. And this is one thing that I missed. Uh, you know, you missed some other, uh, a whole bunch of us probably missed, and Joe Douglas might have, and Robert Sala might have missed. Uh, it probably wasn't the smartest idea to to pair a rookie quarterback with a rookie offensive coordinator. That 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 probably, in hindsight, that was probably a mistake, and something that we should have been able to put two and two together to be like, hey, th- this is a bad idea. Uh, may you know that's not saying anything positive or negative about Lafleur. Just when Zach Wilson's struggling to try to figure something out, and then he's looking over at an offensive coordinator who is also struggling trying to figure it out because he's never figured it out before either. That that probably wasn't the best idea. That doesn't mean that he's he's he can't grow and uh, be better, and they can't figure this out. It's also important to factor in here that they played uh, three really good defenses. Another thing I missed was I dramatically undersold how good this Carolina defense is. I know they haven't been playing the best teams either, but this Carolina defense was much more improved than uh, than I had thought. It's one of these things where they've been bad for so long. They collected a bunch of draft picks. Uh, they were much improved. The Patriots and the Broncos, they've been playing three really good defenses as well. So you get a little bit, you know, 
Titans aren't nearly that type of defense. Falcons aren't that type of defense. So you get those two teams coming in to head into the bye week. I think you can expect and look to see some progress coming along. Um, I know like there's been a lot of talk about this offense is as bad as it was last year and everything. And I don't, I, I get the results have been, but I don't see it maintaining this way. I do see root growth here. I, I didn't, I, the offensive line's been shakier than I expected. Uh, and the drops have been a huge problem, but I do think that they're going to be able to be a competent offense from here on out. We'll just see if it's going to be enough in the long run, because it, at a certain point, it doesn't matter uh, if, if it's execution or it's just bad play calling and bad scheme, all this stuff. At a certain point, it doesn't matter. The OC is going to take the fall whenever. At a, at a certain point, it's, got, it's just got to get fixed. I think what Tim Jenkins said is my main concern right now. He said on the show yesterday that he believes the big thing that people should be wondering about is whether or not LaFleur is an effective teacher and architect of this offense rather than worrying about the play calling because there were numerous times, and we pointed them out on yesterday's show, where it looked like members of the Jets weren't exactly sure what they were supposed to be doing, and that's when you wonder if a guy could be a genius with the X's and O's but just not very effective at conveying what he wants to the players, and if that's the case... It's a problem. Again, only three games, so who knows, but it's something worth keeping an eye on. I like what Quentin Williams said, by the way. He said he doesn't want to hear any of the criticism about the Jets and Zach Wilson. People that have negative stuff to say about Zach and the team, we're not listening to them, nor should they be. They should not be listening, and it should be exactly what we said before. Stay off Twitter. Don't pay attention to the media. Just handle your business. He did say one other thing that I didn't love, which is the people that are doing the criticizing don't play ball, as you and I have talked about before, Chris. Just because somebody isn't a professional football player doesn't mean they can't have valid criticisms. This, of course, is the logical fallacy that's known as appeal to authority. Just because somebody has a higher level of knowledge than somebody else doesn't make that person de facto right about that particular thing. So I don't agree with that part of it, but the rest of it, he's 100% right. They've got to tune out the noise and they've got to turn this thing around by banding together and playing their best football. There's no other way to put it. Don't worry about what the fans are saying. Don't worry about what the media is saying. Yeah, and and you know we've talked about this all the time about that that part of the quinning quote. But in this example, I don't care. Whatever you need to do to tell yourself, mm-hmm. it's it's kind of like how you know all these players. It started with Jordan talking about this big giant chip on his shoulder, and like how he'll like invent stuff to get uh, people mad. And then you'd see like Brady and the Patriots were all. Oh, the world! They were us against the world. What do you mean, you're us against the world? Everybody's been betting on you. You've been favorites all along, but they create this image, uh, and and it's just to, to motivate them to go forward. It's the same thing here. If if you just need to tell yourself, hey, they don't know what they're talking about because they've never played, and and that's all you need to say for you to be able to ignore all of it. Think cool, go with it. I'm good with it. Um. But you and you're also right about the uh, the floor thing about the idea of you know uh, the impact of being able to teach. There's also a thing like you know a lot of the best athletes they have they all don't make good coaches because they kind of expect players other players to be able to do things 
that's really difficult to, to other players but came naturally to them. And it's it's hard for them to teach because they're just like, what do you mean? How did I do it? I just did it. Um, and there's some things that I know in and out that I can teach. I can teach somebody and break it down in a simpler way. But then there's other things where, like, I get the gist of it, but ask me to explain it to somebody else. And no, no, I, I'm going to be bouncing all over the place. It's not going to make sense. So that you can have like a full uh, great idea and be exactly right about what you want to do and just have trouble translating that. So that is one of the things that you never know. And again, may, maybe it wasn't the best idea to pair the rookie coach and rookie uh, QB. Chris, I'm going to throw out a couple of quotes from throughout the week and then you can react First one, Robert Sala, we're three games in, it's round one of a 15-round fight, it's not like our faces are broken or anything. Actually, if we're being technical about this, it's more like we're in the fourth round of a 15-round fight, and you've got knocked down in each of the first three rounds, and so the scorecard after three rounds is 30-24, to 24 because it would then be a 10-8 round, you deduct an extra point for the knockdowns. I'm not saying that they can't get back up and win. All I'm saying is the only time that I remember somebody getting knocked down three times in a fight and coming back for a draw, at least in recent memory, was Juan Manuel Marquez against Manny Pacquiao. So it's not super likely. But they don't have to come back and win. They don't even have to come back and get a draw. They just have to come back and be respectable. That's certainly possible. We'll see how it goes the rest of the year. Salah also was asked, about how Moore's absence could affect Denzel Mims, which we discussed before. He said with Moore's situation and Crowder being up in the air, for sure, obviously, we'll give Denzel a chance to keep etching out a role to see if we can get him on the field and produce. Basically, what he's saying is, I don't know, we'll see. Which, to me, is kind of lame, especially considering that we know that they could use Denzel Mims, as you discussed before, and we know that now they have multiple openings on the wide receiver course. So I'll reiterate what I said before. If he doesn't play this week, might as well trade him because he's never going to play. A couple of other quotes from throughout the week. Here's one from Corey Davis. He was asked whether or not the Titans tried to re-sign him. He said no. He was asked if that bothered him, and he said, not going to lie, it did bother me a little bit. I respect the honesty. It's a human emotion. Even if you're glad to be where you are now, it's got to sting when the team that drafted you so high doesn't even offer you a second contract. So kudos to Corey Davis for giving an answer that didn't seem salty but was just human enough and honest enough. Also, Morgan Moses says the offense needs to find their identity, whether it's run-based or pass-based. How about just, I don't know, getting some positive plays? That would be a good start, I would think, whether it's on the ground or in the air. And so, Chris, those are the main quotes that we've gotten throughout the week so far. What are your rapid-fire thoughts on what we heard from Morgan Moses, Corey Davis, and, of course, Robert Sala? Um, first, technically, you're in the third round of a 17-round fight. And getting uh, – whether you're not, you're not winning this fight. We know you're not winning this fight. You're going to be losing more <laughs> rounds than you're winning. But you just got to make sure that you keep, um, you know, viewership. You got to be interesting enough. Come back, make it interesting enough that the fans are watching. And stay on your feet and don't get knocked out. Yes, exactly. Uh, the Corey Davis quote, that's, you know, exactly uh, what you would expect. Uh, I, they didn't even get, give him the uh, obligatory uh, 
you know, low ball offer. I, I think that might be more insulting. I think I'd rather get the, the low ball offer that's designed to insult you than to just get nothing. But so, of course, that's going to hurt a little bit. The Morgan Moses thing. Yeah. Uh, th- how about you want an identity offense even? How, how about points? Just <laughs> you're an offense. Your identity should be points. Like get get points. We don't care how. Just points. That's the how's that for an identity. Couldn't say it any better than the very big deal, Chris Nimbley. Thank you so much for coming on. As always, really appreciate it. And now you know the news, courtesy of the very big deal. Chris, I know you've got plenty going on right now at JetsInsider.com. What's over there for people to check out? Yeah, I'm going to have something uh, quick up on Marcus May soon. we got um, uh, an article from uh, one of uh, staff writers about the off- turning around the offense, and I'm going to have a bunch more about how they can, you know, try what they can try to do to fix this mess that we've seen af- uh, upon us this first three weeks. Go ahead and follow Chris on Twitter at CNimbly and at Jets Insider and read his very big deal work over at JetsInsider.com and check out everything we're doing at PlayLikeAJet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. There's a great video up courtesy of Luke Grant that shows how awesome Quentin Williams was on Sunday against the Broncos. Hopefully that was the beginning of what we saw last year when Quentin really broke out in year number two. Also a great video that I talked about before with Mike LaFleur showing the ups and the downs of what he's done so far this season. Go ahead, watch those videos, and subscribe to our channel if you haven't done so already. And make sure that you give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and playlikeajet.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.